So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 today. And I've got just a, a very simple message for you today. This is always the, you always wonder, well, is this just too basic? Well, we need to stick with the basics, amen, and, and build on the basics. And really appreciated uh, Pastor Randon's uh, message, and it just really fits in, in with uh, what the Lord's given me, too. So I have notes here somewhere. I don't know if I really need them or not, but I guess I'll get them out. But I want to talk to you today about don't forget to preach the cross. Don't forget to preach the cross. You know, Billy Graham shared a story about, you know, from his ministry. Of course, what a tremendous ministry, you know, so successful for years and years. But he had a meeting one time where not much happened. There wasn't many people that came forward. And it just, uh, he, he was preaching his heart out. He was just compelling people to come and receive Christ and just not very much happened. And afterwards, he was talking to a friend, a businessman who was there with him. And, and he said, you know, I, I had no power tonight in my preaching. I, I tried, but it just wasn't there. And the man said to him, you know why, Billy? He said, no, I don't. He said, you didn't preach the cross. Now think of it. Someone like Billy Graham, was a gifted speaker, you know, so knowledgeable in the world, giving the word, but he didn't preach the cross. Not much happened. Amen. So it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and the 18th verse, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it's the power of God. If you want power in your life and in your ministry, preach the cross. Amen. It, the cross, it all goes back to the cross. Yeah. Amen? Amen? All roads re- lead back to the cross. Amen? Yeah. And uh, I love Pastor Kevin's preaching today. Yeah. It's always good. Amen? But you know, he's given us the gospel. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, we're, as far as I know, we're all believers here. But you see, we still need the gospel. The people in your church need the gospel message. Amen. They need to hear about what Jesus did for them on the cross continually. You know, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then he says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. We need faith in the gospel continually. That's not just for some evangelistic meeting or some time when you first got saved. We need to hear the gospel. Your people need to hear the gospel. Amen. So remember to preach the gospel. Amen. Because that's where the power is. The power of God unto salvation. So what is the gospel? Well, let's look at... uh, 1 Corinthians 15, I think we have it up here. All right, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Everybody say the gospel. gospel. Which I preached unto you, which you have received, wherein you stand. You see, we stand upon that gospel. By which you are saved, if you keep in memory. Well, we don't want to forget. It's all, (laughs) you know, we are inadequate in ourselves. But because of what he did, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. 
We have power in our lives because of what Jesus did on that cross. And he was buried and he rose again. By which you were saved, if you keep in memory what I preached to you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to what? The scriptures. According to the scriptures. See, that's the foundation. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So what is the gospel? The gospel is he died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose again. Now, folks, that's not too complicated. That's pretty simple. That's what people need to know. Amen. And that's what we need to remember to preach. Amen. Remember to preach the gospel. Turn to your neighbor and just poke him a little bit. Say, remember to preach the gospel. Remember to preach the cross. Amen. So no matter where you're at in the Bible, what topic you're on, it doesn't matter if it's marriage or prayer or revival or whatever God's put on your heart to speak. It all ties in to the message of the cross. So always remember when you're preparing your messages to think about Where does the cross fit in this? Where can I give the gospel message in this instance, you know? Because there may be people that come into your meetings that are not saved, number one. Amen. And you need to give them this message because this is what they need. They can't be saved without the cross. Secondly, the people need to hear it so they can share it again. It needs to be in their heart in a great way. Amen. And thirdly, they need the power of the gospel in their own life. Amen. It's interesting. Every preacher, it doesn't matter, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, it doesn't matter what it is, you need to know how to preach an evangelistic message. You need to know how to weave it into your messages so that people can hear it on a regular basis. Amen. Some people say, well, I'm a teacher. That's not my thing. Well, I know plenty of teachers that get a lot of people saved. You know? And we think, we think about the evangelists, we think, you know, oh, that's, a, that's this, you know, type A personality, the certain, you know, this uh, the Kevin Souter, you know, that's, a, that's an evangelist. You know? Yeah, that's an evangelist for sure. But it doesn't, you don't have to have that type of personality to be an evangelist or to preach an evangelistic message. You know what an evangelist is? Someone with a message. Someone that preaches the message of the cross. It's very simple. You, you, you could be the most timid person, a quiet person, introverted. What, it doesn't matter about any of that. It's the message that you have to give to people. It's going to change their lives. Amen. And, and you might, you know, listen to some of these preachers and go, man, I can't preach like that. I can't do that. You, look, if you'll just... Take hold of what I'm saying today. Yes. What the Word of God says about preaching yes. the cross. Amen. You can have fruit in your ministry. Amen. Amen. It's not about, about your skilled oratory. Amen. Amen. It's about the power of God. Yes. You know, Pastor Randon shared that, yeah. that scripture. You know, I made up my mind. Amen. You know, Amen. Not, to, Amen. not to know anything but Christ and Him crucified. Amen. I didn't come, you with, come to you with eloquence of speech. Right. You know, I didn't come to you with an intellectual argument. And I loved what he says, you know, we don't have to prove the gospel. The Holy Ghost will do that. Amen. It's our, our job is to proclaim the gospel. To proclaim it's true and let the Holy Spirit do his work. 
Because it's a supernatural message. To, to those that are not saved, it's foolishness. It's, you know, if you think about this, just, just with your natural thinking, what is this? Somebody died on a cross 2,000 years ago. But you see, God works with this message by the Holy Spirit and brings change and brings power and brings deliverance. Amen. I remember when I heard it when I was nine years old in a Baptist church. Something happened inside of me. And I went forward and I prayed, you know, the sinner's prayer. But I didn't repent at that time, so I wasn't saved. I didn't get saved until I was 27 years old. But there's power in that message, and people need to hear it. Amen? One thing I would really encourage pastors to do is to not only preach inside your church, but get outside the church walls. Pastor Dave, when he shares, so much of what he's bringing to us is because of this experience and him and Jeannie on the foreign field and other places. And I love that this church is... Not just all about what's happening here, but there's ministry in the, at the university and the jails and yes. different things, you know. So get out of the four walls. Get out of the church house and go talk to somebody that needs Jesus. Amen? Because it will change you. You know, I, I, I was a pastor for over 20 years. And, uh, you know, they would have these rotations in these towns where I worked where the pastors would go in and preach in nursing homes. And so my, you know, every so often, every six weeks or so, I'd have to go preach in a nursing home. And I went in there and I tried to teach the Bible. And, uh, you know, I just did not enjoy it whatsoever. There was some, somebody screaming over here that's kind of not quite with it. And, and I'm just, everybody's totally distracted. But somehow I figured out that when I went in that place and preached the good news of Jesus Christ, his birth, his his virgin birth and sinless life and death on the cross and burial and resurrection. Something happened. The the atmosphere was charged. Revival spirit came into nursing homes. There's power in this message. And so just about every time I go, I would preach like John 14. And my father's house are many mansions. These people are, you know, many of them, they're nearing the end of their life on earth. They're interested in the future. Right. Amen? So I talk to them about heaven and what God has for them, you know, and the, the plan of God, how Jesus yes. went to prepare a place for them. Yes. And then talk to them about how he is the way, the truth, and the life. Yes. And no man can come to him, come to the Father, but by him. And then I would just say, well, how many of you would like to pr- uh, pray to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know? And usually at least half would raise their hands. And then we just lead them in a prayer based on Romans 10, 9 and 10. You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You're going to be saved. You're going to be saved. I think we need to give people an opportunity to receive Christ. Amen. It's kind of gone out of style, it seems like. But we need that. We need that today. You know, D.L. Moody, he was, of course, a great evangelist, but... In his church in Chicago, the story is told that one time he was preaching the gospel, gave a wonderful gospel message, and then told the people, now just go home and think about this tonight. Think about this, and next time you come, you know, you can, we'll give you an opportunity. Well, that night was the great Chicago fire, and many of the people in his congregation died. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he vowed never to do that again. 
You know, we do need to give people an opportunity to receive Christ. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, when you get out of the environment of the church, see, in the church, our focus is ministering to the saints. There may be non-Christians there, but as a pastor, what are you thinking about? Well, I've got to feed my flock, right? But when you get out there where you know there's people that don't know Christ, it changes the way you minister. It changes your thinking. Amen. The same thing with going overseas and doing like open-air meetings and going to places where there's people that don't already know Christ. And, you know, nursing homes, a lot of those people were religious. They've been in church all their lives. But it's gotten to the place in many of the churches where they're not preaching the gospel. They're not preaching about you must be born again. It's all a a form of godliness in many cases. So a lot of those people, even though they're church-going people, good people, they do not have an experience with the Lord. They have not been born again. When I was at this Presbyterian church a couple weeks ago, on Sunday morning I preached on the miracle of the new birth. Christianity 101, you know? But about how it's not, it's not only about repentance, but it's about the miracle that God does in people's lives when they repent and believe the gospel. And, and hearts open to that message. Praise God. So don't forget, poke your neighbor again, tell him, don't forget to preach the cross. See, the Lord confirms the message of the gospel. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. These signs shall follow them that believe, right? In the end of that chapter, he says, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord confirming the word with signs following. What word was it that he was confirming? The word that he told them to preach, the gospel. Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. He was buried, and he rose again. Praise God. All right, so I, want to, I just want to share four elements of an evangelistic message. And I'll, I'll have to go really quick, because I think I'm running out of time. But uh, I'll give you some scripture references you can write down if you'd like. But this is just, just four thoughts to think about if you're going to preach an evangelistic message and share the gospel with someone that doesn't know Christ. And we're talking mainly about proclamation evangelism here, but you can apply it to one-on-one also. But number one, God's creation. God's creation, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, it's at a place now where people need to hear that before they can hear the gospel. You know, when you look at you look at uh, Peter's message on the day of Pentecost, he didn't need to preach that because he was preaching to the Jews and proselytes, you know, people that knew something about God. But, but people today do not have a foundation. And I discovered this when I was preaching in a Asian nation. Right. Uh, that I needed to lay this foundation for the gospel to even make sense. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He made man in his own image. It's a wonderful message. It's a very positive thing to say to people to let them know that you were made in the image of God. It doesn't matter, you know, your social background, how, how poor or how rich you are. We all came 
from the beginning from the image of God. The second part is Satan's deception. The fall. The fall. Genesis chapter 3 talks about how they ate the forbidden fruit. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. It, it says that by one man, sin entered the world. And death by sin. Why do we have people separated from God? Why do we have social problems? Why do we have pain, suffering, divorce? You know, children going wild. It all goes back to Genesis 3. So you have to bring clarity and understanding what the problem is. You have to, sometimes you have to talk about the problem before you can talk about the solution. And then, of course, it says that John, I mean, uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, yeah. all have sinned yeah. and come short of the glory of God. But then we've got the message, praise God. Christ's substitution. God so loved the world. John 3, 16. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not, should not perish but have everlasting life. You give them the good news that they can have forgiveness through what Jesus did on that cross of Calvary. The wages of sin is death. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. There's a gift from God. There's a gift from God, brother. There's a gift from God of eternal life to those who believe in the Savior. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He was made sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Substitution. He took it so we could receive the grace of God in our lives. Hallelujah. I loved how you preached that today, Kevin. That was so good. Praise God. And number four, our restoration. We have to do something about it. Amen. We have to receive. What God has done. In John chapter 1, verse 12, as many as received him. I can give you a gift, but you have to receive it to do you any good. Amen? So we tell people they, have, they need to receive what God is giving them. That this message of love for them is so important. But now you must receive. You must receive Jesus into your life. And that's just a good opportunity to talk about who Jesus is, and especially that Jesus is the Savior, and also that Jesus is the Lord. Because there has to be that transformation, that place in your heart where you say, yes, Jesus, you are my Lord. Amen? There has to be repentance. There has to be a turning to God. It's not just reformation. Amen? It's not just turning away from bad habits, but it's saying, yes, Jesus, take over. Amen? Uh, one of my newsletters, we had an article called OK Jesus Amen. about uh, Tommy O'Dell, grandson of uh, T.L. Osborne, who got saved by saying, Jesus, OK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a miracle took place in his life. Now he's preaching the gospel just like his grandfather. So our restoration in the Romans 10, 9 and 10, we already mentioned. And one other scripture I think that's good. Is Romans chapter 8, verse 16, that the Holy Spirit yeah. bears witness with our spirit yeah. that we are a child of God. Yeah. So it helps people to identify, do I have that witness yet? 
You can have that witness. You can know. See, so many people have been taught that they can't know. But the Bible says we can know that we have eternal life. If we have the facts from the scripture and the witness of the Holy Spirit, we can know that we have eternal life. So that's just a simple presentation of the gospel. Just one more thought as we close. Again, going back to Billy Graham, I heard this story that someone was talking to Billy about a man who was had gone to Wheaton College and was studying about evangelism and and just you know learning about it and so forth and learning good things. And they told told Billy about it. And Billy Graham says, "Well, do you think he would be willing to sit down with me and?" Help me with my gospel presentation. Wow. I thought, wow. Here's a man that many people, you know, thought was the greatest evangelist, you know. So humble. He's saying, I, I want help with my gospel presentation. And that's exactly the way I feel. I, I don't know nearly what I should. <laughs> I want more knowledge. I want, I want to be able to present the gospel and see more and more people come to Jesus. Amen? Amen? How many feel like that? Praise God. Would you just stand to your feet if you feel like that? You, you, you'd like to present the gospel more clearly, more effectively, more powerfully to proclaim the message. Oh, hallelujah. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord. Here we are. We stand before you looking for help. You told us the Holy Spirit is our helper. Lord, help us. Lead us and guide us into all truth. Show us how to preach the gospel. Make us more effective. Anoint us powerfully for this task. And give us your zeal for reaching the lost. Give us your love for the lost. Lord, we say, like Isaiah did, here I am, Lord. Send me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.